what is all that noise? Mom, you you got to stop doing this. That was another classic you ruined. It's not a classic. Yes, yeah, right. You're old. It's oh, what, 10 years old, maybe? Excuse, excuse me. We have we have people waiting to listen. Hello, beautiful people. This is Jovan Miller. I'm Margot Dragon. Welcome to another episode of Ma, You're Messing With My Chi, which you just was again because that was a classic. But like I said, Mom, how are you doing today? I'm wonderful. You're not going to ask me how I'm... Okay, that's cool. That's, we'll just leave it there. Well, I know you're here and you're alive and well, so... That does not that does not mean all of those things. I'm sorry, Jovan. Okay. How are you doing? Do you want to start over? Because you, you know what you're... No, you're, I don't want to okay, start over. Okay, then. Well, it's a bad start already. But look, um, in all of our many conversations, you know, we have had... Anything from political to athletic to social issues. But there's one I feel like a lot of people are incredibly, I'm going to say timid, um, to talk about because it's a wee bit uncomfortable, let's be honest. Religion, spirituality, those are, those are things that I feel like a lot of people struggle with. And... We've had, like I said, a million different... I see Buddha. You In your office, you have like Buddhas and all types of stuff. And I felt like... I also have quotes from the Bible. Exactly. So so there's like all types of stuff going on there. Sure. And I felt like this might be a really good topic um, because having spoken to you, there's a difference. Is there not? You know what? I don't think there is. And I think... Anybody that believes in some kind of higher power, whether it's God, Buddha, or what, you know, whatever it is. Right. I think we're all trying to get to the same place, just in different ways. You know, um, certain cultures are familiar with certain ways, just like we are familiar with certain things here in the United States. And I mean, when I grew up, I grew up Episcopal in the Episcopal church. Um, did you go to church when you were younger? Oh, I've been going to church since, since honestly birth. And what was your denomination? Uh, Pentecostal. Okay. So I was a Christian Christian. Okay. Yeah. So do you know how your, the Pentecostal church started? I, I do not. Okay. I do so not. I grew up Episcopal. Okay. And so I'm going to give you a little backstory about how, Episcopalians all ears. came into existence. And that was when King Henry VIII was around. That's England, right? Yeah, you familiar with the Church oh, of England? Yeah, keep going. Okay. So, you know, he was ordained by God and wanted to get a divorce. Mm. So he started his own church. Just like that. Yeah. I'm sorry, that sounds closer to, like, Scientology than anything. Like, you just started started a church. But religion has been fragmented off into different sects. You know, if if somebody, usually a male elder, didn't like the type of teachings, they went off and formed another group, whether it was a church or an organization or whatever. And even the Bible itself has been written over a thousand years by different people. At different times, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Of course. But the interesting thing about the Bible is that it's not the living text of when Jesus was alive. It's the Old Testament. The Gnostic Gospels. That's right. Are the living text. You have shown me this, yes. Yeah. The Gnostic Gospels are the living text of when Jesus was alive. And... How many people that go to church have ever read them? No one. We don't even, I mean, until I spoke to you, I didn't even know about them. Yeah, so there was, uh, I think it was 52 texts that were found in, I think, 1945 um, in some caves, which were the living texts of Jesus when he was alive. Mm -hmm. And the teachings back then were more more monk-like, 
than they were religious-like. Right. And so it's interesting. There is a book. There's a couple books out there that you can look at and, and look at those things. And I have one of the quotes that um, is very interesting because if you look at people who study meditation and Buddhism and things like that, right. you know, they're looking for enlightenment within themselves, you know, how to calm their mind and things like that. Right. And in the Gnostic Gospels, one of the quotes that Jesus said was, if you bring forth what is within you, what you bring forth within you will save you. What you do not bring forth within you, what you do not bring forth within you will destroy you. And so you start looking at that text and you go, now, wait a minute, you know, I can go to church and, and be forgiven for something bad on the week and on Sunday I can go to confession and I'm back to zero. And so there's no, you don't have any, you know, repercussions from that. Right. So there's a lot of difference between the Gnostic gospels and what the Bible has posted. And, you know, it's interesting for me because I'm in medicine And, you know, when I do oriental medicine and it's based on the laws of nature, I also look at the five elements and things like that. And most of it is, you know, Buddhist type of philosophy because we're looking at the laws of nature versus something that is a higher power. You know, like God is up here and we're down here. But, you know, in Chinese medicine, we are part of nature. We just, we get sick and out of balance and disconnect from nature. So one of the quotes from the Gnostic Gospels was by a teacher. um, His name was Monimus. And the interesting thing about this quote, it's pretty cool to me because, you know, growing up in the church, you feel sort of disconnected. Right. But in this teacher, the Gnostic teacher, he said, abandon the search for God and and the creation and all other matters of similar sort. Look for him within, uh, look for him by taking yourself as a starting point and learn who it is within you who makes everything his own and says, my God, my mind, my thoughts, my soul, my body. Learn the sources of your sorrow, joy, love, and hate. And if you carefully investigate these matters, you will find him within you. Hmm. I like that. What do you think that means? And how did you interpret that? I think it goes very well with Chinese medicine. Because if you've got all these organs that are attached to the five elements, and those five elements are attached to five tastes, five musical tones, five emotions, the emotions are already within yourself. So here's my thing. I I love love all of that. The reason why uh, I've actually had this conversation a number of times with a few friends and I do believe that there's a difference between religion and spirituality. Um, I believe that the difference is that I believe that religion is what religion, first of all, is what the tagline it's, it specifies what you're practicing, you know? So mm-hmm. if I'm practicing yeah. Buddhism, or, yeah. um, Hinduism, whatever. Yeah. But then I also feel like the other side of, the religious part is that it's man-made. There are things about the about certain religions, for example, when the Crusades were happening, right? Wait, do we? I mean, did Christians technically have to go country to country and say either you start practicing Christianity or we're going to kill you? Because mm-hmm. that's pretty much what they said yeah it was yeah. in so many ways well you have to control the prop population right and you got to remember the church was holding all the money back right then. right you um, know and in many religions right now hold a lot of money right right 
And yes, now for somebody who does, I don't know what the Quran says or anything, but I know what the Bible says. I mean, we're talking about like paying tithes and doing your due diligence to uplift the church and up like to keep it strong. And of course, there are things like like paying tithes, like paying tithes every Sunday, things of that nature. Um, that you cannot, if you read it, you can't really uh, misdiagram what it's trying to tell you. you but know, I feel like a lot of people have taken it out of translation. Well, people are going to find what they want to find. Find, right. You know, right. I mean, there is a portion in the Bible that says, do not congregate. Right. You know, and if you have this all powerful entity. Right. Do you really think you need to go to church to connect to it? I mean, that's a bar. That's a great question. I believe that that, again, I think that if you're going, we live in North Carolina. We're in the middle of the Bible Belt. Oh, yeah. Thump, we have, thump, there's, thump. There is such thing, um, to those out there who don't live down south or whatever, there is such thing as church traffic. Cause oh, we, cause, yeah. Because every Sunday we go through it. There is such a thing. Um. Yeah, it, because it's a part of, I mean, from what I understood about religion, and, or excuse me, religion, spirituality, or Christianity, was that you literally, I've had an argument, I've had a million arguments about this too, but you're under this, uh, the, the thought process is that I need to go every Sunday because I'm unpure. But you live your life unpure too. You're, you know, under, if we're going straight by that there's one perfect being and that's God, right? Then technically we should live in church. That's what I had said. I had said to a friend, like, they're saying that for me to, for example, to say that a woman is attractive, that's a form of judgment, is it not? I'm giving her a compliment. I'm not, I'm yeah. not saying that she's a, but, yeah. but me literally saying she's attractive that can be seen as judgment. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So, or any thought that is not of, wow, she's attractive. You know what I mean? Like it automatically, that's a sin, right? Mm -hmm. By the standards of what is given, that's a sin. Yeah. You know, to think that way. Well, I find it interesting that the elders of the church for thousands of years were only men. That's a bar. And if you go right. back to the Gnostic Gospels and after Jesus had been crucified, guess who was supposed to take over the teachings? Was it Mary? Yes. Yeah, that's right. And, of course, the men didn't want that to happen, so they went ahead and developed the priesthood. So it was the belief of... You know, because back then women were property. Right. You know, they weren't they weren't equals. Right. You know? Um, and it's sad that we have come to the point where we still feel that we have to control the population. If we right. don't do that, it's gonna be, you know, problems or whatever. But I remember a long time ago, um when um you remember the show Sopranos that was on HBO? Oh, what a show. Okay. So my husband's family was Catholic Italian. Mm. And there was a quote in there. And, you know, my husband was laughing about it at the time. He said, Tony, Tony said, uh, his character said, um, I love being Catholic. He said, you can kill somebody on a Wednesday and be forgiven on a Sunday. Mm. And how many people go to church with that mentality that they can just go on a Sunday and wipe the slate completely clean from all their misdeeds for the week? Well, the idea of Jesus, you know, sacrificing himself on the cross was that all is forgiven. That was what I'm saying is, you know, well, some people literally take that and they run with it as far as they want to. Mm -hmm. But because the idea for somebody who's not, I'm not going to say forward thinking, but somebody who has that way of thinking, they would say, I can rob, steal, kill all of those things. Mm -hmm. and I'm going to end up in heaven anyway, because all has been forgiven already. 
Well, I found a quote. Um, I was lucky enough to know the Cushy family, and I ended up getting um, the notes from Michio Cushy, who was the person who brought um, an eating, a form of eating called macrobiotics from Japan. It's mm-hmm. a 4,000-year-old um, eating um, according to yin and yang. Right. And he said in there, when you eat this healthy way and you eat according to the laws of nature, he said, you have to remember that you have to be strong enough to walk by yourself because basically what you're doing is you're doing the same thing that Jesus did. And Jesus only had 12 followers. Yeah. Hitler had a million. Mm. So walking the walk and talking the talk is a lonely walk. You're walking with the higher self, right, right. the higher not power, really, yeah. you know? Um, and it's, it's, it's a sad reality of society, but it is what it is. It's gotta, it's gotta, it's gotta step people up, you know? And, um, our last few episodes, I know you tell a few stories. I'll tell one. I won't put a name in there, but very dear friend of mine, we were having a conversation at a restaurant and there was not that many people there, but there was a couple right behind us. And I also, it was uh, one of my best friends was her. And then another good friend that was next to me, just three of us were having a conversation and you know, with friends, we like to sometimes we like to poke the bear because we know that sometimes it's going to get a reaction. And and I think that a lot of times with friends, you're you're not going to think anything of it. Yeah, you're you're just going to poke the bear. You debate, you disagree, and you move on to whatever. And the conversation was, as you know, it's about spiritual. It was about religion. Mm-hmm. It was about strictly religion, mm-hmm. um, spirituality, whatever you want to call it. But I was giving her a hard time because I said, based on what we believe, and I believe you know, she is a devout Christian as well, um, as we cont- as we're, the conversation kind of unfolded, I had said to the person sitting next to me, I told them, I said, based on how we believe, and I was talking in the third person between myself and the other person, I said, if it was up to them, then we should be sitting in the dark seven days a week because it is impossible for us not to sin and not have to like ask for forgiveness. And as I continued to talk, I was just, and I knew I was going to poke, I was poking the bear cause I yeah. knew it was going to get yeah. on our nerves. But as I started to explain, I said, well, Hey, I was like, well, if you look at what the Bible says and what it tells you, I'm like, all of these things you, besides a few of the, like if we're going at the 10 commandments, right? So I'm mm-hmm. looking at, I'm looking at the 10 commandments right now. Yeah. Thou shall not, or thou shall have no other gods before me. There's one. Thou shalt not make unto thee any graven image. Thou shall not take the name of the Lord, thy God in, in vain. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. The seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord, thy God. Number five, Honor thy father and thy mother. Six, thou shalt not kill. Seven, thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not steal. Nine, thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. And ten, thou shalt not covet. Pretty much when I was like, I did not specify all of those, but I was saying to her, I said, well, again, it does not matter what I do. I'm technically, I feel like I'm sinning. Not to say I'm feeling like I'm sending like somebody's attacking me and saying I'm doing something wrong. But if I was to take it literally, I said, I'd be asking God to forgive me every time I breathe. You know, it's funny because, you know, you and I grew up in religion. Right. And, you know, there's things in your life that change your point of views, whether, you know, you expect them or not. And. You know, my mother was very religious and went to church, you know, as often as she could. And like I said, my father had killed himself when I was six. And 
I go to church and, you know, people are going to ask questions and they say, well, where's your dad? I go, oh, well, he killed himself, you know, and they're like, well, he's in hell. I said, no, he's not, you know? And so that started my drift away from conventional church. Mm. And unbeknownst to me back, you know, I didn't meet my grandparents, but my grandfather had studied numerous different kinds of religions. Right. And he even studied with a Buddhist monk. And I had written, read some books, you know, on Zen philosophy and things like that. And because I'm in medicine and I love the laws of nature, I also like physics and quantum physics. Right. Now in quantum physics, there's um, 11 dimensions. Okay. Okay. So the 11th dimension is basically this pure energy. And there's two main theories. One is the string theory. One is the M theory, which is the mother of all theories that basically says that everything happens simultaneously in all different directions at the same time in all dimensions. So it's your pure energy field. Okay. Okay. Religion would call that God. Omnipotence. Right. Okay. All places at all times. So there's a group of scientists that are trying to understand the human brain better. And they are looking into quantum physics in the brain and how our brain operates. And they are looking into the M theory and the string theory. So if that's the case... When we pray and we meditate and we have this enlightenment that happens, you know, these aha moments or we feel the hand of God, is it because we're capable of having our brains operate at that level? And so when you look at Father, Son, and Holy Ghost, that's the same thing as mind, body, and spirit. The sun is your hurt inner child that constantly is carrying on and making stupid decisions and, and saying stupid things. The father is the adult rational self that can make good, healthy decisions. And the Holy Spirit is our intuitive, enlightened self. Because if we're created in the image of God... right then we are of God. So when we release our bodies at the end of this human journey, we go back to God. We go back to the light. We, um, the second part of that story, it's kind of perfect time to step back in, was the discussion actually was going into, we were talking about uh, homosexuality. And... We had a mutual friend that she was a lesbian mm-hmm. and um, the conversation was going on and what, what ended up happening was my friend had said that it's a double sin because uh, she, she was a lesbian, but she also was having sex out of wedlock. As we know, sex out of wedlock is one of the originals that like, you're not supposed to do. Right. And the, the, I ended up having a problem. I, I said that the fact that you're saying that there's a two for one special on sin, I was like, I thought sin was just sin. You know what I mean? Whether, why is it that it's a double sin because they're homosexual and then also that they're having sex out of wedlock? Because having sex out of wedlock, like I was telling, I'm like, that's, I break that all the I was breaking that all the time at the time, you know? So I was like, well, whatever. But I was just saying that when she ended up saying it was a kind of a double mm-hmm. that uh, I, I couldn't understand. I could not wrap my head around what she was trying to say. And as the explanation con- continued to go, don't you know, and again, this is like divine intervention stuff. The couple behind me, one of them had transitioned from being a man to, to a, a woman. Mm-hmm. And they got... Uh. It's not, it's not at all. It was, it ended up getting very, very heated in there because as I was, I'm not going to say I was being an advocate, but I just, I was having a hard time understanding that if we are two Christian people and we are supposed to accept all, 
then why is it that their lifestyle is a sin? I'm like, well, technically my lifestyle is a sin too, even though I'm committing the same thing, just happens to be with a woman. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Is it is that not, is wrong, it, wrong is still wrong. It's like, it shouldn't be like two for, like I said, a two for one. The conversation got so, and I didn't realize we were talking we again we were like the only people there so it's mm-hmm. five of us there yeah and, but they sat us right next to each other yeah so they can hear me talking and i have a deep voice and it carries and the girl walks around to the other side and she gets involved the one had made transition that was officially a, a, a woman now mm-hmm. and she said she pointed at me and she said you're the reason why i would consider going back to church and then she pointed at my friend and said and you're the reason why I walked away from it and it's funny because it says in the bible that we should not judge we're not supposed to and and that's why I was getting and at. buddhist philosophy tells you everything is exactly how it's supposed to be and and you know in that same thought god had created all right, beings right. whether they're gay, straight, whatever, it doesn't matter because God had created all beings. And that all that being said, you know, when we pull it back and we look at medicine, we know that during gestation, that in the fifth month, the hormones are injected into this baby that's being formed. And the hypothalamus grows at different rates. So if you have a gay male, their hypothalamus is the same size as a heterosexual female. And for a lesbian woman, their hypothalamus is the same size as a male's. So we're created exactly how we're supposed to be. You know, even can I ask you even does that even include the transition? Does that even include transgender? Like Sure. Sure, it includes everybody. I mean, think back to the I, Greeks. Okay, right. You okay. know, and well, Native it, Americans. People were cross-dressing back then. You know, it was part of the culture. And somehow, maybe stout religion had stuffed that for a couple hundred years right. and said it was wrong. And that's why all these backdoor relationships happen. And now it's coming back, you know, Obviously, we want to take care of the children and we want to make sure the children are protected and right. we don't want them, you know, in a in a compromising situation and we don't want them getting hurt. But it's, you know, women and men have been cross-dressing for thousands of years, you know, and back even in theater, right? you know, when there were only males in theater, you had to have somebody dress up as the woman. My thing is, is like, well, I'm always conflicted on this conversation. I really am. I'm only conflicted on the, at least in this in this situation, it was a grown adult making a decision of saying, I'd rather be the other sex, you know, the other gender. Um, but can you can it's, you technically be born in the wrong? You know, body, of course, how because of the hormones and the imbalance. It's just like I can tell you when I grew up in Connecticut and I was the art student and my brother and sister, you know, one's a programmer, one's a civil engineer. I felt that I was in the wrong family. And when I went to meet my cousins out in California who were all artists I said, this is the portion of the family that I belong in. Right. You know, it was just a natural fit. So even, even, you know, it, and it happens in many different situations, but you have to go with what makes you feel at home within yourself. Isn't that technically a thought though? Excuse me. Isn't that a mindset more than anything? I'm saying like, it's, it's a, remember in Chinese medicine, emotion is equivalent to physical. So even though you have the mindset, you physically feel it. You chemically feel it. Right. 
So you can't disconnect one from the other. I just, when somebody says, I feel like I was born a boy or born a man. Or born in the wrong body. Born in the wrong body. I'm sorry, like that just sounds weird. And again, I'm not judging. I'm just saying that just, that's confusing to me. Because that's confusing to me. And it should be because you don't have that mindset and you don't have those issues. But there are many people out there that feel that they're in the wrong place, in the wrong time, and in the wrong body. And that's all okay because it's perfect the way it is. But you have to find the balance within yourself. So I was looking up something on this. It's actually funny that we're talking about this. So they say that, I mean, there are a bunch of statistics out there to back and people love stats, even though I'm not a big stat person, more or less just react to what I see kind of stuff. But they had said that was it like it was like 60 to 70 percent of um, men or women that make the transition from one sex to the other. Within two years, they want to go back. That sounds really high. Incredible. Or that they regret or like they. Are you talking about relationships? No, I'm talking about sex change. Oh, okay. The reason why I'm bringing that up is because it actually really does go right back into what we've been talking about. The reason why I'm saying that is because if somebody believes that they're, for example, if they were Buddhist, right, then there's nothing wrong with the fact. So it was going to happen eventually anyway kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And then... Everybody, the, if we were to look at the, you know, um, six major religions, you know, Christianity, Catholicism, Islam, or Islamic faith, what other ones? Would be Buddhist, Buddhist, Hindus, and Jewish. And, and Jew, and yes, and, um, and uh, Jewish. If you look at all of those, again, the end goal, or excuse me, the person that they refer to, whether it be um, God, Allah, or whoever, mm-hmm. they'll say that, like, they say pretty much the same thing. Things are the way they're supposed to, or God ordained it to happen that way. Mm-hmm. Even my thing is, is that um, if that is the case, then does he not also, he or sh- does the Spirit of God not also speak through people to say that that's not what I meant? Well, you've you got a I mean? lot, but you've got a lot of people out there that are disconnected from themselves to begin with. Because I'm saying, because that's what I'm kind of getting at is that I I'm not gonna say I believe it, and I'm not gonna say it's fair to anybody that makes the transition. But I'm saying that if they're not one with themselves, because I have gay friends, you know what I mean? Sure. And when they tell me, they're like, you know, I felt like I was, you know born gay or anything like that. I'm just Mm -hmm. like, well, they're okay. Excuse me. They're comfortable being a man and liking other men Mm -hmm. or a female liking other females. Mm -hmm. They didn't say that in order for me to feel my full oneness, I'd rather, because to me, it's almost like you're, so like, are you technically straight now? This is, I'm, I'm just thinking off the cuff. Are you technically straight now because you're a female that likes other females, but you choose to change from a female to a man? You're are you? That's te- a are com- you not- That's a complex. But it's a, is it not a legit? That's a, that's a that would be a complex question to ask one individual person and everybody's situation is totally different, you know, and we can't, we don't know what's going on in somebody else's mind and we never will. Right. And, and the unfortunate part about it is we guess it and then we turn around and we put our own feelings into it. And, and somebody else's life has nothing to do with you or me or anybody else. Their life is their own. That's their journey. We can't make it for them. We can't make decisions for them. We can support them as best we can, but we also have to step back 
and don't put our expectations upon them. Because when we do that, Mm -hmm. we set ourselves up for failure and we set them up for failure. I think my thing is, is if you're asking somebody a candid question because you want to understand them better Mm -hmm. or what kind of went into, I'm not going to say that decision. If you're born gay, for example, Mm -hmm. then where do you in the grand scheme of things say this is unfamiliar to me? And I want to know more about it without offending you. Well, number one, you can get on the internet and do a lot of research. There's a lot of blogs out there and people talking about their feelings. And then you can just pose the question to them and say, I would really like to have a deeper understanding of your thought process and your feelings. Would you be willing to share them? And if they say no, walk away. Because like... the. Back to the the final part of that conversation. The final part of the story was that when the lady, when there was a, I mean, it was not a back and forth, like a fight kind of. My friend, she, she was so upset with me. But after the, after the woman came over and she had, you know, pretty much gave me credit, but I really wasn't trying to do it to like, be supportive. I was just saying like, I don't understand that because I am a Christian and I'm not saying that me being Christian is different than her being Christian, but I just hated the fact that she was going by what the book says, but I'm like, but you're also going against what the book says because you're not, you know, you're not being open and accepting either. Mm -hmm. And then anyway, she, she lit into both of us really. Um, Because I was, it was turning Cause I was giving, excuse me, it made it seem like it was just about what she was saying on that side of the table. Yeah. Even though it was more or less a conversation that I'm not going to say we've had before, but we've had, we've had some kinds of conversations along those lines before. Mm -hmm. But when that came out, she would not talk to me when we got to the, she was, she was crying and she was like, she cussed me out and like, I don't want to talk to you. Mm -hmm. Like I'm done with you Mm -hmm. for a while. But when we like stopped and and I just shut up and I was just like, okay. But I didn't force that person next to me, behind me. Mm -hmm. I didn't force that couple to say anything. Yeah. It was not like I set that up. Yeah. And I was saying. It just happened. It happened. Yeah. But I also beat myself up over it because I said, I shouldn't have said anything. I shouldn't have poked the bear. Even though it was just, I thought it was healthy conversation. Well, you don't know where people like have been in their lives. And, you know, I see all walks of life in my practice and I've had, you know, people that have transitioned. I have, you know, gay people, straight people, whatever. And, you know, when you look into somebody's eyes, none of that ever matters. Right. You see the soul of that person. You see the essence of that person. And none of that shell even really matters. We're all struggling from something. We all have different little suits on that we we travel through time and space to just get through this human experience. And who knows, you know, in some, you know, philosophies, we come back over and over again to, you know, try to work through our karma and, you know, we're, we're all right. struggling for, for somebody to try to diminish another human being. That's just about their own insecurity, right? Insecurity. And where did they learn how to diminish other people? Was it their father? Was it their mother? Was it their right. grandparents? Because this is a learned behavior and the reactions are out of fear. Well, like phobias, right? Like, is there's when people say they're homophobic, is it, is that accurate or is it more or less they hate? I'm just saying it's being, it's, it's misworded. That's the wrong word. If we're talking based on, well, if you, if you, if you talk about homophobic, I'm just talking of fear, but, but when you talk about homophobia, um, 
it's quite common that the person who is homophobic is gay. Or they, here's what I believe. So um, there's a, there's a spectrum of like, you know, straight to gay. I think, I don't think there's such thing as being all the way one thing. I believe you can be like, well, some people are fluid. Like, I feel like you're, well, to me, for example, okay. Like the idea of bisexuality, like that is the most confusing topic I've asked. I do know people who are bisexual as well. And mm. I am literally like a reporter. I will ask every question on the planet earth. And I'm like that. I feel like the dot, like the bisexual tag mm -hmm. can only be used on females. There is a book. That, um, there's a book out there. Um, yeah. That was written by a um, therapist. Right. And he talks about situations that people get themselves in, whether they're gay or straight or whatever, whatever yeah. type of sexuality type of situation they get themselves in. Mm. And some of these people who act out, meaning you might have a heterosexual person that has a gay relationship or whatever. Um, some of these people right. have been sexually abused themselves. Right. And what they do is because they haven't healed from the trauma yet, right. they go back and repeat the offense. So they don't technically, so they, they don't do it all over again, but they do. They a, technically are heterosexual, but having a homosexual experience. And it's because they've been sexually abused probably by the same sex when they were younger. Right. And then they go back and re repeat the trauma, so to speak, mm -hmm. because they haven't processed through it. Have they tried to? Well, obviously they haven't because right. they're repeating the offense. Right. But that's something that, you know, people need to look at and things like that. But he also said in the book... Um, at the end of the night, do the beach test. And you can tell whether somebody is gay, straight, or homosexual, um, or whatever. Um, he said, when you go to sleep at night, what pops into your brain? Is it male or female? And so you could say, okay, for me, it's male. Right. And so if, you, if I was sitting on the beach and I saw a guy walk by... And I said, man, look at that guy. Right. I would look at all parts of the male. Right. Now you being heterosexual, heterosexual right. you would say that guy's got a great chest. He's right. He's, he's, he's in good shape. Yeah. Or like, he, that's, right. you, know, you would, you would pick out a part. <laughs> okay. I would pick out the, the whole, whole thing. thing. Right. So, you know, it, so, and that's how you can tell. So when you go to bed at night, who is what, who pops up into your brain at the end of the night? Right. Is it a woman or a man? And so that's how you can sort of tell what your preference is. So from my friends, like my fan base, not my fan base, but like my friend base as a kid, as we know, like when you're going through puberty and stuff like that, like, Everything, especially with a boy that's just entered middle school, so sixth grade, pretty much on until you get to college, if you even make a reference towards a guy being good looking or something, like that's gay. But they also use gay as things are stupid, you know, that they don't agree with. So they're using the word gay on such a huge, broad spectrum that all of your actions say, I'm just going to try to do anything that's not gay by their definition of gay. And in my generation and before, gay meant happy. Happy, right. But when you see, like, I personally have no problem being like, that's a good looking man. He's a, that's a good looking dude. Yeah. But I'm not like, I want to be with him. You know no. what I'm saying? But like, no. But you'll pick out, you might say he's a good looking dude. Right. But you'll pick out things right. like he's got a nice pair of shoes right, on right, right, or right. you know right but then i'll be but if if there's a woman i'm like oh. that's the whole package yeah i'm like yeah oh wow and it, that's how you can tell the difference right and so i i just think that 
like I said, when um when when conversations like that come up, I feel like there's no there's not that much fluidity for a man because I feel like when a woman a woman, you know, they can they can compare breasts, right? In in the mirror or they can kiss each other candidly. You you haven't been on Instagram, mom. You're making a face right now. Y'all should see this face you just made. Um but yeah, I don't like, want to see anybody else's no, no, boobs. Right, but I'm saying is, is bad enough. Man boobs are out there, oh, God. <laughs> and pregnant stomach guy. Oh my God, <laughs> pregnant men are the worst. <laughs> but in all seriousness, you'll those are seen as they're not they're not even questioned. They're just like, oh, no big deal. But if you think about a man, if a man was ever to like, hey man, like let me see what you're working with, like as in. Let's compare or something like that. They'd be like, that's gay. <laughs> that's gay, straight up. And it's just like, so for a man to say, so then again, there's like, um, and I'm educating a whole bunch of people out there if you're actually listening. If a man says that he's bisexual, then the next question is, are you um, are you a passer or a thrower? Oh, assuming, Lord. Are, yeah. Are, no, excuse me. Are, are you a catcher? Excuse me. Are you a passer or a, or a catcher? Uh-huh. You know, because... If it's anything, one way or another. Yes, because yeah. if, if something enters you, then you're gay. You can't be bi. But if you're just the one, it, depending on who you're talking to. Well, that's you're a the whole one, nother topic. If you're, yes, if you're the thrower, then, you know, I guess you're bi. But you can be attracted to both. So, but a woman saying the same thing is like, oh, she was bi-curious. Like, if she has sex with a woman, it's like, oh, it's not that big a deal. Because, you know, women are very expressive of like, oh, my God, her body's this, her body, that. Or they admire. Women are more intuitive on, on that level. So they'll look at. Whereas, Men and women are so unsure of themselves to begin with. It right. doesn't matter what sex you are. I mean, we all go through the questions in our brain. Right. And that's just natural. Right. You know? Um you know, half the time people don't even know what they right. need or want or what makes them comfortable or whatever, you know, you can't, it's just crazy. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm not without saying any names. I, I do remember when, uh, when, when puberty starts to kick in, then of course it's like, everybody has to be, they're like fake news on, on 10. Like everybody has to be the first to do something. I gotta be the first to make out with a, you know, or uh-huh. see a pair of boobs or whatever. Or the first girl to grow a pair of boobs is all of a sudden the most popular girl at the school. I didn't realize that boys used to put socks in their underwear to make them yeah, look bigger. Yeah, not, girls aren't the only people that stuff stuff. I didn't okay? realize that. Yeah, that's because uh, I'm not a guy. Right. Now I didn't do that, but I'm not boasting. I'm just saying I didn't go to that length to be like, hey, I'm a man. But again, it comes down to um, how. Ma- for a man at least how masculine uh, i mean how um masculinity is introduced to you and unfortunately there's this thing called the television but when i was watching television there was no phones you know when i was growing up literally there were no phones you still were watching everything yeah you were watching he-man master of the universe or thunder the barbarian who was freaking jacked yeah or um the man you could never Thunder, live up to. Thunder, Thundercats. Anybody met Thundercats? I missed that show. Um, Captain Caveman. Captain Cave. Okay, right. Um, I'm trying to think. GI Joe. Right, GI yeah. Joe. Um, Shazam. Shazam. Superman. Okay, and obviously Superman's still around. It's still popular now, but mm-hmm. it's just the idea that like you gotta look like that. Like that is what's seen as a man and the funny thing is is that that you get more confused when uh you get older and you see the really really hot girl in your opinion the really just the baddest girl ever and she's with some rinky dink guy you're like what the hell is this you're mm-hmm. confused you're like what the what but then you come to find out like emotionally He's there. He's there. And yep. you're like, what in the world is this? Like, yeah. I have been sold a, I've been sold to a farce, to the biggest farce ever. Of, because women are emotional and, and they've got to have that emotional connection. And when, once a man shuts down, that's death for a woman. Oh yeah. That's death. Like I have to, at some point she has to look at herself 
or a man has to be able to look at himself. And if a man's like, I get you or I'm trying to understand you and she can throw everything at him and he's like, I'm still here. That's a beautiful thing. Yeah. That's why you need that partnership. Right. And so it's kind of weird too when you're like, but I could have sworn it was about him being ripped. You know, you get this terrible misconception of masculinity from watching TV. One sec. Um, a lot of times, mom, you know, um, it's, you know, like I said, we get confused a lot of times because we're getting the wrong impression from somebody. Well, I think the biggest thing is to own your, own your junk in your trunk. Right. And don't be afraid of having that stuff in your trunk because eventually you're going to find somebody that is ready for you and it's going to be the right place in the right time. And, you know, don't give up hope, right? You know, start loving yourself. That's the biggest thing. Well, to anybody out there, if you want to get in contact with us, we're going to wrap this one up and we'll probably have a part two on this. I love this one. Um, Jovan Miller, uh, it would be, Twitter and IG are at JoviNation23. Mom? And I'm Margo Dragon at WhitespireCenter.com. And I'm glad you spent some time listening to us today. We're going to head you up. Thank you for listening to the latest episode of Ma, You're Messing With My Chi.